Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks so much for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire. Today on the show, a new friend, Jerrica Johnson. She's the host of the Black Packing Podcast. And we recorded this interview just two days after the video of the George Floyd murder came out and does come up in this chat. And... Uh, it, like everybody else, just completely devastated. I, I want to talk about a couple things before we get into the interview. First of all, uh, my heart goes out to uh, all of the black, indigenous, and people of color in this community and around the world. I stand with you in solidarity. I want to uh, just put that out there. And, you know, if you listen to my podcast or you follow my newsletter at zerototravel.com, you've probably noticed. I personally avoid discussing things like politics and social issues. I like to talk about those things with my guests to get their perspectives, as you've heard during the interviews. Um, but I don't generally talk about that stuff. And I want you to know it's not because I don't care, but it's just because I've always thought of this podcast and my other work projects as a place where you can go to kind of get away from current events and the 24-7 news cycle and focus strictly on travel and improving your lifestyle and learning and growing uh, and discovering different ways that you can travel. But the senseless and tragic murder of George Floyd, it has shaken me. You know, I saw a video of his six-year-old daughter uh, and his wife talking about how great of a dad he was, how he played uh, with his daughter all the time, how much he loved her. And this child had her father stolen from her simply because of the color of his skin. This is still happening in 2020. <sighs> So I'm just in the process of learning more about what I can do to actively fight against systemic racism and injustice. I acknowledge my white privilege and I want to do more. I'm still learning what that means. And uh, 
yeah, I'm just continuing to, to learn and grow and explore other ways I might be able to help uh, with uh, social justice. So that I just wanted to uh, put out there and... Uh, of course, feedback always welcome. My email is jason at zero to travel.com. I will continue to do my best to bring a diverse mix of guests onto the show. I'm always looking for recommendations. Uh, you can hit me up anytime with those. Thank you so much for uh, listening. And now let's get into my interview with Jerrica Johnson. We talk about a lot of things, including a subject that we uh, both love, coffee. We talk about uh, solo travel, another subject that uh, is near and dear to both of our hearts. She's actually only traveled solo, so she has a lot of uh, interesting perspectives on that. She gives some of her best travel tips, talks about the underrepresentation of uh, the black community in travel and a couple reasons why she thinks that is and a whole bunch of other stuff that we get into. So... I know you're going to enjoy it. She was kind enough to get up very early to uh, record this interview. I want to say thanks again to her. So you can check out her show uh, at blackpackingpodcast.com. Enjoy the interview, and I'll see you on the other side. guest today is Jerrica Johnson, host of the Black Packing Podcast. And congratulations on the new podcast, by the way. This is a, a place Thank where you, you. Can hear stories of travel bloggers, photographers, and expats and why they love travel and how it has changed their life and career. And you also cover topics uh, about race, culture, and it sounds like just simply interacting with people and having good conversations. So yeah. um, congratulations on that. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Thanks for reaching out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for getting up so early, you know, <laughs> you can hear like Jerrica's all mellow because it's like six in the morning there. She's like, I haven't even had my coffee yet because we're both uh, avid coffee drinkers. I know you're yeah. into coffee, right? Yes, I am into coffee. I love coffee. I'm actually making me some coffee right now. I'm trying to find a vessel to pour it in. <laughs> are you are you talking about your own body? <laughs> this no, is no. this is the vessel I pour my coffee in right here. <laughs> this is uh, this uh, little thing. Ah, uh, okay, uh, yeah, an actual. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah an actual yeah. vessel, a cup. Yeah, and I see. I think you have a coffee themed shirt on or something as you're cruising around your kitchen. Oh yeah, so donut donuts, but yeah, still kind donuts. of in the same realm of. Uh, of uh, coffee, donuts and coffee. <laughs> now, I remember some of the most delicious coffee I've had. There was one particular cup in Brazil, and then there was another one, because the Vietnamese coffee, I don't know if you've been there, if you had Vietnamese coffee before, it's got this condensed milk thing going yep. on, and it's super sweet, mm -hmm. and so rich and chocolatey, and so good. Uh, so I'm just wondering, since you are a coffee aficionado, uh, and you're a traveler, where are some of the places around the world that you've had like give me a couple highlights some of your coffee highlights around the world um you know i've had the vietnamese coffee and i really like it i never drink it with the condensed milk 
um, because I like my coffee black. And every time I have like ordered it that way, they always like try and tell me like, it's really, really strong. It's really, really strong. You need the milk. And I'm like, I, I like my coffee very strong. I don't want the milk. Um, but, um, some of my favorite, um, coffee experiences, um, one was in Venice in Italy. I was like really surprised because I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, Italians are very known for kind of like creating the, the coffee movement um, here, like in the Western side, in the Western world. I was kind of thinking it was going to be all hype and it wasn't going to be that good. But I actually like really loved um, drinking coffee there in Italy. Um, I like how simply they do coffee. They don't do a bunch of things. There's no frappes. It's just, there's no drip coffee. It's just like espresso and a a cappuccino and that's about it. So I I like that. When I spent time in Colombia, that was when I really got into coffee and like learning more about it. And then being on a farm in Panama really like like blew my mind and I had some of like the world's most expensive coffee there. And you you know, it's like anytime you have like the world's most expensive something, it's still like kind of like lackluster, you know, you're like, Oh, like that was okay. Like it tastes like just about anything else I've ever had. And that was kind of how that coffee was, but it was still really good, but I wasn't like overly impressed. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. The coffee experience in Italy, I, I liked, it was, it was an odd, only odd for me as a traveler, you know, when you're traveling, you don't have much on your agenda. Sometimes you're just kind of, Hey, I'm just in the world and I don't, I don't have to be anywhere, but everybody else is just living their daily lives. Right. So I remember going into an espresso bar in Italy and they're all lots of, they don't sit down. They're just like, they run into a bar and they're standing up. They're like on their way to work or whatever. And they're, you, you like see the caffeine in action. Like, you know, people kind of just moving fast and <laughs> staying at the bar, doing the whole thing. And, um, and I'm there and I'm just like, these Italian businessmen and women are coming in and out and, you know, drinking their cappuccinos on the fly and just like out. And, you know, and I'm just kind of like, I felt like, you know, you know, those uh, time lapse things where like everybody's moving fast, but then like one person's moving regular, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like, you. <laughs> that's like, I felt like I was in one of those and uh, it was just kind of bizarre, but also fun to soak up the, sometimes it's fun when you're traveling just to kind of soak up the energy that's going on around you, you know, the blur of energy uh, that, that is, uh, humanity and humanity's daily practices i guess it's also fun too to have a little mission when you're traveling right like if you love coffee it's like hey i'm gonna go find a coffee spot today you know exactly something to do is that like do you have little missions like that when you're traveling yes um coffee shops is definitely the one like oh i'm gonna go like sit in a coffee shop because usually i can use you know free wi-fi um it's a good way you know like you said to like look at like interact with people or like even just kind of people watch and like watch people go in and out and just kind of sit there. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a good way to like have a good cup of coffee sometimes or not, but yeah, but yeah, that's a, that's one, that's definitely one, of one must do. Yeah. I mean, it's also a way to just kind of get out into the world, into different neighborhoods, you know, it's like, all right, well, let me just walk around till I find a coffee shop or find, whatever, insert whatever your little mission is for the day or the morning. So your podcast started, I read on your website, which we should mention, by the way, blackpackingpodcast.com, if you guys want to check it out. It began as an audio journal. Do you want to talk a little bit about your intention behind it when you first started it? Yeah. um, Yeah. So I actually, let's see, 
Friday made one year that my podcast has been out. Um, so yeah, I started. No small I, feats, really, as I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started. I started it in May of last year, and at first it was yeah, like I said, kind of like an audio journal. Um, I you know journal when I travel. Um, but then I was kind of like, I always listen to podcasts and I was like, oh, maybe I'll like do a little like audio thing where I'll just kind of like speak into my phone and like, you know, talk about like my thoughts and just kind of like keep it like that little, little like pointers here and there. And then I kind of like put them all together. And then my first episode, I was able to kind of like tell a story and I was like, oh, this is like really cool. This was really fun. Um, and then I just put it out there and I got a lot of great feedback from it. And all my friends were like, that was incredible. Like, I can't wait to like hear more. Like, I love the name. And so then I was like, oh, how can I like make this different? How can I like make this like really fun for myself? Because it was fun, like just talking to myself and had like reflecting um, and but I needed someone else. Like I needed someone else to like, kind of like bounce off of. And so then I kind of got the idea to start like interviewing people. Um, and then after I started doing that, I was like, Oh, this is, I, I really love doing this. This is a lot of fun. Like I usually like travel alone. So it was a good way for me to like be reflective on that at first. Um, and then I got to like interview so many other like solo travelers and it helped me kind of like process trips and like things that had happened to me and like just have that connection with people that have gone to similar places as me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you mentioned on your website wanting to share stories as a solo black queer woman traveler. And, uh, you know, the solo travel thing definitely stood out to me as like, um, it's a different experience when you travel on your own. I now and I'm always excited yeah. to talk to a solo female traveler because I'll never have that experience for obvious <laughs> yeah. reasons. So um, it gets me excited to hear uh, from somebody like you who's who's avidly solo traveling and as a female who's doing it. How was the experience for you? I mean, what do you say to somebody who might be listening to this and maybe they're a female who's never traveled on their own before, or or a male for that matter? I mean, what does solo travel mean to you and is it something you recommend? Why? I just want to hear your thoughts around solo travel. Um, it, it, it is something I recommend. Um, I would say maybe don't start with it. I was, I was kind of crazy and I like started, um, with solo traveling. Um, but if you're super brave, um, go for it. Um, but what I mean, what it means to me is like a lot, it's very like an introspective, like journey. And it's like, only you understand like your trip and like what you've experienced and you have to like kind of be okay with like yourself and have like enough fun with yourself to like be adventurous and like go out there and like not be afraid to like be by yourself or to like experience something with no one else around. Um, but I, you know, I highly, I highly recommend um, solo traveling. I think traveling um, for people by themselves has become a lot safer, um, and I, I highly encourage it. I've actually never taken a trip with someone. That's how much I uh, prefer to travel um, alone, especially now that I've done it so much. It seems like a almost like a very personal thing to me just in general. Yeah. What is some of the advice you would give? to a woman who, who is considering it. I'm going to steal this piece of advice because it was some of the best advice that I 
was recently um, told on an interview um, with someone, she, her name's uh, Kim, um, and she told me, um, like, she travels a lot, uh, alone a lot. She told me that um, every time she travels that she's in contact with kind of like the government officials of each com- country that she goes to, um, like their, their UN, and she kind of like sends them her itinerary and like she has everything kind of like scheduled out. Um, so they know like when she lands, like which trips she's doing, like which hotels and Airbnb she's staying at. Um, and so if anything were to ever go missing, um, if she were to ever go missing, like, you know, there's a record of kind of where she was, where she's been and where she had been planning to go. And I, I thought that was like a really good, like tidbit of travel advice, even though I'm, I'm pretty like spontaneous and I try and like, just like plan things as they, as they come. But that's the hard um, part think, about that, right? If you want to be spontaneous, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I thought, um, it was like a really good piece of travel advice if you're, um, a female traveler, just, it even like kind of gives you that security yourself, like knowing that yes, you're alone, but like at least people know that you're there and they know like your schedule and what you're going to do. Yeah. What has solo traveling taught you about yourself? Um, it's, wow. It's, <laughs> it's taught me, it's taught me a lot, mostly that I, I can do it. Um, that, um, I can really do anything. It's, I feel like it's made me more creative. Um, just the ability to be around other people and like see different things. Um, it, it has allowed my mind to like work in a different way. Um, so I'm constantly like, I feel like I'm constantly learning um, new things about myself um, when I'm traveling because I'm I'm thinking about things differently. And I'm like, huh, that, like I've never like had that thought before or I've never like thought about things this way or I've always thought this way about something and now this experience is like changing my mind. Um, so especially like when I'm in the moment traveling, I think like who I am is kind of like constantly changing and like adapting to my environment and like just processing new things and that like I always feel like when I come back I'm like a different a different person and um yeah so it's I'm I feel like traveling is like a constant learning of self experience you're always learning something new yeah you mentioned earlier processing a trip and that maybe what you were doing with the audio stuff or just journaling in general was a way to help you process it do you consciously process a trip? Yeah, I don't know. I think um, usually, I mean, I always take like, I try and take like a day after I've returned to kind of um, relax and, and, and decompress. Um, but it's almost like the processing like doesn't ha- actually happen till maybe like months later. It's like almost, uh, you know how they say like if something like traumatic happens to you, you sometimes like don't actually like feel it or like realize it like until like later down the line. I feel like that's kind of what my processing is. First, it's like intentional and I'm like decompressing and I'm like, oh, this was great. I did this. Oh, this is what I've learned. And then, you know, months down the road, I'll just be like sitting and like thinking and I'll kind of get like a flashback. Something will just cause me to have a flashback of, of a trip. And then kind of in that moment, I'm like processing what that flashback like means to me and like why I might be having it in that specific moment, like what's causing um, me to have that flashback. 
I do so, think it's important to spend time to reflect because sometimes you need the reflection in order to pull out some of the lessons. They're there, but you can't always, they're not always front and center, right? And I think the reflection can really help with that. So if you're listening to this and you haven't reflected on a trip for a while, that's your homework for the day. <laughs> reflect, yeah. on a, reflect on a trip and see see what came out of it and what, what maybe is still a part of your life now. I think that's a fun exercise. Uh, and I like what you said about solo travel, just saying, I mean, you just said simply that I can do it. And that's really about confidence, I think, right? You, you gain confidence in yourself and knowing, okay, if I can go out and do something... I think everybody, their first solo trip, I mean, and I'm sure there's people out there that were just like, screw it, I'm just going and I'm not worried at all. But I remember taking my first trip in the solo trip and I was worried and scared and, you know, what if something happens? And that was huge for confidence, but just going through the experience and knowing you can do it is so empowering because now it just opens up the whole world. You're like, hey, I don't need to wait for somebody to travel with me. I can just take off and see the things I want to see and do the things I want to do. And also that I can have a much more profound experience in some ways, in many ways, it's hard to compare it with, it's like apples to oranges in a way, right? The travel experience with somebody versus on your own, but on your homepage, it's blackpackingpodcast.com and it says a podcast about black travel. And I wanted to hear why, uh, it was important for you to to represent and to bring the stories out to share in that way. You know, underrepresentation. Um, e- even even for myself, like um, when I really kind of got into you know solo traveling um, a few years ago, and you know I'm I'm looking at blogs and you know reading things on like what to do, where to go, and just like feeling like one. It, there was just like an underrepresentation, just being like. Then also just um, traveling in general, um, you know, staying in, staying in hostels or, you know, doing certain little activities, doing like walking tours. I just felt like there was just an underrepresentation, you know, of blacks traveling. And I was, you know, kind of wondering why that is or, you know, where, where the disconnect may be. Um, and so I, you know, wanted to ask other black travelers that I, most, most of the people that I interview, I've never met. And so that, that's been really fun, you know, kind of asking them like how they got into traveling, um, what worries them, what scares them, what are some of their favorite places and like where they would recommend other black travelers to go. Um, so it was like a way to like show representation, um, and like encourage like the black community, like to travel more and like hear about all these cool different things and projects and places that other black travelers, um, have gone. So I just, I just wanted to show representation and I just had either positive and or negative, um, experience experiences as being a black traveler, um, and just having things or comments said to me. And I just wanted, I just wanted to share them with people. And I feel like traveling, you know, it's just about meeting people and culture and all of that good stuff. Um, and so I really wanted to have that perspective, um, you know, just not come from a, a white traveler. And, and that was just kind of the idea behind that. Thank you for that because those, your voice is needed and I totally agree with you. So it's really important that 
the more the voices are out there, the more we can get people, help people get out there to see the world and, you know, the power that travel can have. So that's, uh, you know, I was really excited to have you on the podcast to just to share that. So thank you. You mentioned uh, when you were uh, explaining that, that you think there maybe is some kind of disconnect or, wh- or why there's an underrepresentation. I'm just curious what, why you think that is. What are your thoughts around that? I think it's two things. For a while, a lot of maybe countries like their tourism, they like weren't necessarily like cater to blacks um, or to the black traveler. Um, you know, you can kind of just see that in like ads or like websites. Um, and I think also on, on the flip side from what I've talked to my guests about, sometimes um, black people are afraid to travel, you know, um, and definitely like at least outside um, of their comfort zone, um, especially like black Americans. Um, we've like talked about how, you know, kind of vacationing for us sometimes is just going to like the Caribbean, like to the Bahamas, because it's kind of like safe. We know that like we're welcome there. Um, so I think it, I think it's like a mix of like not feeling welcome and then like feeling scared. And then that's just like a perpetuating cycle. Um, but I think, you know, in the past like five years, a lot, um, has really changed and, um, the black travel movement is like really, really strong. It's more apparent that, that we're traveling and we're out there. So it's, it's great to hear that you're, you're spreading, the word on that as well. And and it sounds like, you know, through, through the stories that you, and the conversations that you've had, being able to share in that way is, is, is good for everybody. I think a lot of people, like when they see the podcast, they're like, Oh, you know, I never like thought about that. I never like really considered, um, you know, how it must feel like being black or like a black American, like traveling to Europe or, you know, South America or Asia. Like, I, like, I don't think that, um, people probably like even think that like it's, it's difficult or it may have some type of like connotation to it or um, like we might not have like the best experience at certain places that like sometimes like racism still lives outside the United States. Um, So do you find that it's, it's more prevalent in the USA versus other countries or you know, I have. <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh, something I've heard before, and I I wanted to hear your yeah. thoughts because it's it's ironic that a lot of people are afraid to leave, but you know, if you're if you're an American, but then well, you think about the environment there, you know, as well. Yeah, it's, and and that was another thing um, when I when I really started um, traveling. Um, it was right after Trump was elected. Um, and like, you know, race, racial tensions were already just like a little high here in the United States. And, and when I was traveling, people like always are like, what's up with y'all's president? And a lot of people would ask me about, um, like police videos, um, you know, police like killing unarmed black men. And that, and that was like a huge, like so many people would be like, what's up with that? Like, cause they see videos and it never like really occurred to me that people outside the United States were like so aware of every little thing um, that was happening here, especially like racial ace. And so it was really, it was comforting to see so many different people concerned. And I'm like, wow, like people, people care, you know? 
um, like outside of the United States, like people like, re- like they see this as like a terrible thing, like, and they're very concerned. Um, so there, you know, there was that, that was just all really positive. And I, I mean, I've had like one to two, like race, really racial issues, um, while traveling, but for the most part, it's been anywhere I've gone. I've like felt generally like more, um, accepted, um, in another country more so here in the United States. You know, as an American, as a fellow American, it's always depressing to hear that. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the truth of what you've experienced, right? Um, you know, just today, uh, I, I woke up, I live in Norway and my wife saw, I guess on the Norwegian news last night, what, what just happened in, uh, um, Minneapolis. Yeah. George Floyd, which is exactly what you just described. And, you know, it's, it's here in, on the Norwegian news. And like you said, I mean, these are, these are things that before I I had traveled many places in America, you kind of think of you're just in this bubble. And like you said, you don't realize that there's a whole world out there and they're, they're also aware of what's happening too, you know? Yeah. So that opened my eyes more. And after, and after I started traveling, more that was like something that I had to like process um, as well because these were like questions that I you know had never been asked and I didn't know how to like answer them sometimes and and then you feel like you're in the position of like oh I'm like you know the Black American like spokeswoman for like what's going on you know and I'm not <laughs> because um, so you're just sharing your experience as an individual yeah but it's I mean I do think that it's great that so many people are concerned like out more so outside the United States are like, what's going on? Like with the guns, like I don't understand the gun thing. And, you know, um, but so it's very, it it helps you not feel as alone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are you living in Atlanta full time? Are you based there? Are you, were you nomadic and traveling around? What's your, what's the scoop? um, The scoop (laughs) is, um, I, recently moved to Atlanta, um, uh, back in October. Okay. Um, I moved from Asheville, North Carolina. Yep. Um, it's up in the mountains there. Um, Lovely place. but yeah, it is beautiful. I was coming to Atlanta like pretty frequently, um, just flying, uh, the flights are cheaper and, uh, you know, the Atlanta airport pretty much goes everywhere. Um, so it's about a four hour drive. So I was coming to Atlanta a lot, um, as is, and I have some friends here and I just finally, I decided to like move. I was like, I, I, I would like to live in Atlanta, um, and, you know, um, meet more people, uh, and, you know, do the traveling thing more. And I, you know, as I was getting settled, you know, traveling is not, not really existent right now. Um, but yeah, I only, I only really got to fly once um, since like living in Atlanta, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of here to stay, um, okay. as of right now. Yeah. Have you ever been torn with, I mean, I know we can't travel now really because of the COVID thing, but did you have any dilemmas as somebody who likes travel, who's, uh, had the solo travel experience knowing, Hey, I can take off and see the world. I don't have to wait for anybody. I know, you know, once you kind of get out there, you see what the possibilities are. Was there ever any uh, dilemma for you of getting a place versus, hey, maybe I should just live my life on the road? Was that a consideration? Um, I consider that every day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always, I feel like I'm like 
you know, always super close to just, you're right on the edge to just uh, say F it and getting rid of everything and going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially since I like have already, um, done it once. Um, like I was telling you earlier, I I spent about four months in South America and I kind of, I like sold all my things, bought a one-way ticket and just like, was like, I'm going to go for it. Um, but I always kind of like think that I could easily do that again. Um, and I have a dog. He's my best friend, of course. And um, I've always told him that I would at least take him across the United States um, so he could see all the states. So I, I always think at any point I could just be like, I'm done and like solve our stuff, like get in the car and just like drive and like just go camping and just explore explore the united states yeah so so it's it's still uh still an option well, i mean what when you went to south america for four months what was it that brought you back because you had a one-way ticket uh i ran out of money okay <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it <laughs> it's a simple answer I uh I ran out of money. Yeah. Okay. uh, Yeah. I I was like, oh, okay. Well, I have just enough money. Uh, Like, I really think when I got back to the States, I had like $7 in my pocket. Really? So what did Uh, you do? um, Luckily, like one of my friends picked me up. Uh, He took me to lunch. It was like one of those like, let me like feed you. Let me like get like make sure you get a shower type thing. Like like let me get you like taken care of because I was just I was rough. You know, I was, I was smelly. I've been wearing the same like five pairs of clothes the past however many months. Um, and then I just I just made it. I made it work. <laughs> I had very little money when I came back. I think he gave me. I think he gave me like twenty dollars and my dad. Um, gave me like a hundred dollars and I was able to find a job the next week. And I just like kept moving on with my life. And that, and that was a time where like, I didn't really have like a chance to like process that whole trip because as soon as I got back, I had to like find a job and like quickly get back into like a normal life. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a crazy experience in, in and of itself. I mean, that's almost, that's part of the travel experience, right? Trying to come back and figure out how to, reintegrate into society and get some money in your pocket again character building right (laughs) character building stuff (laughs) oh yeah and it was pretty easy because i was able to like tell people hey i just like i just got back from columbia i'm looking for a job i don't have any money and they're like all right come on come on in you know they they understood like i wasn't trapped i've been traveling and i didn't have much money and and uh, so it was easy to fine work <laughs> yeah and what kind of work were you doing um i was a barista actually oh really okay there you yeah. go coffee and i i, well, I still am currently at, yeah. until the next few days so yeah but yeah coffee it's good to be around something you love too right <laughs> well what's uh what's kind of next for you on the travel agenda this is where i am with traveling um, and also like in the relation, um, to my podcasts. So, you know, I finished, I've just finished like doing like two seasons, if you will. Um, and the next like season, I kind of want to start doing, um, in-person interviews, kind of like sit down with people, kind of start doing like games, um, kind of have it being like an interactive thing where people can like learn about cultures in different countries, um, at the same time, if they choose to watch it or listen, then in the future, I would really 
like to travel to Southeast Asia more, um, like Canada, Mexico, they're very close. Um, and I would like to like interview people there, like while I'm traveling, um, for my podcast. So it's kind of like the next steps there. Um, but I'm really thinking with all of this going on, I most likely will be able to probably like go to like Canada and Mexico first. They seem like the safest um, and like closest places for me to kind of go if something were to happen and I had to come back to the United States very quickly. So I want to ask you about destinations in a minute, but first sounds like you've done some pretty hardcore budget traveling to stretch the dollar, right? Coming back with just seven bucks left. What What are your top two or three budget travel tips or, or yeah, just making your, your dollars last without sacrificing an authentic travel experience. Um, or you could say, I guess say, you could say the more you make the dollars last, the more authentic experience is right. <laughs> no, it, it, it really is. Yeah. Um, I would say eating street food or going to like a farmer's market and like making, making your own food every once in a while at like your hostel or Airbnb, wherever you're staying. Um, I think that's a really good way to like save money and like, you don't have to like go out to eat for every meal to like try the food there. You know, I think it's just as like helpful if you like buy from like the local farmer and like, it's just as good and you can kind of like teach yourself how to prepare that type of food. Um, so that's one tip. Um, my second tip would probably be look for a free walking tour um, there's usually a free walking tour in just in every like big touristy city. Um, and then you can like tip your tour guide. Um, and it's a good way to, you know, see the city in a short period of time and like see kind of the highlights without, you know, paying a bunch of money for these like tour packages. Um, and then find, finding a cheap place to stay. I, I mean, I stay in hostels, so they're usually re- relatively um, inexpensive per night. Um, so yeah, those are probably, that's probably how I budget um, while traveling. What are some of the destinations that you've really enjoyed? Maybe it was something that, you know, you didn't think much of and then it ended up being like a, a, a surprise, a delight, like that you were an unexpected delight, <laughs> we'll call it. Um, I would say I, I had that experience um um, Budapest was one of those places where I was like, uh, I was like, Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Budapest. That'll be cool. And then it was epic. <laughs> um, it was absolutely incredible. Um, and so that, that was one place and it was a, a, a lot more affordable than I thought it would be. Cause it's just like a really nice city. Um, but it's, it's, you know, fairly inexpensive. Um, so that's one place. Um, and then another place, um, which I always think is like kind of like my secret, secret country that like not a lot of people like talk about, um, Uruguay and Montevideo is like a, like one of the calmest places I've ever been. Like the people are so calm, the vibe and the energy is just extremely, like extremely calming and just peaceful. Is that because the weed's legal there? Isn't isn't there it's, one? It's, yeah, it's because the weed's legal. <laughs> that there. must be it. It's just in and the air. Was, no, and that was one thing I I didn't know. And then I like got to my hostel, and she's like, "Yeah, you can smoke whatever 
here and I was like, oh, okay. Like no one, why does no one, what is, does, it, does everyone know this? Do more people know that weed's legal here? <laughs> and it's just like one of those things where it's like not even like a big deal because it's not, you know? Right. And so, um, but I definitely think um, it kind of helps to the atmosphere of the city. Everyone's just very chill. Yeah. <laughs> I was making a joke. I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to stereotype the whole city and be like, everybody's just walking around in a stony haze. But you know, there are, there are yeah. certain cultural things that can make a place more chill too. I mean, I was living in Colorado yeah. before I moved to Norway. So I know this firsthand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, cool. Yeah. Well, I, I know the, the, almost during this whole interview, you're like, you're trying to get your coffee when it's something to eat. It's like real yeah. early in the morning there. So I just wanted to say thanks yeah. for getting up so early and yeah, taking time to, to chat. It works out perfectly. I think I, I have work at, I have to be at work at around eight. So I was like, oh, this gives me like the perfect amount of time. I have to wake up a little bit early, but it's no, it's no big deal. Like okay. I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a morning person anyways, <laughs> but it's like, I'm having to talk early in yeah. the morning and like think of ideas. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't um, want to talk to me early in the morning either. Believe me. I don't know how my wife does it, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I've enjoyed talking to you. This thank early you. In the thank morning. you. I know how she does it. Actually. She just tunes me out, but I'm glad that you, <laughs> you were here to listen. Uh, no, I really appreciate your time and um, yeah, congrats on everything and just wishing you best Thanks. of luck. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Atlanta and getting back out on the road and with your podcast and everything, anything you want to, leave us with maybe like a maybe like uh talk to somebody that's considering going on a trip what's we what would be your advice to them maybe maybe doing a big a big thing like like a one-way ticket to south america like you did or something like that um my advice to them um would be to do it now maybe not right right now right, but right. like do it but do it now asap especially um with um the situation as you can see it's very easy that you know very easy that traveling something like traveling could be taken away from us um and that you never get the chance to do it if you like have been thinking about it and been thinking about it and like never got around to doing it and this was your year to do it and everything kind of blew up like it's kind of like you should have did it before uh type thing so yeah just really just doing it, um, and not, um, letting anything stop you. And there are resources and guides and there's so many people that travel alone. It's very, it's very easy. It's very possible. Um, like believe in yourself, just, just do it. Um, like take, take advantage of it because, you know, life is short. We, we all know that, but, um, Definitely for me, like when all of this happened, my mom was kind of like, I'm so glad that you got to experience traveling because who knows like when people will be able to travel again. So once once we're able to travel again, I highly recommend um, just doing it because it can, like I said, be something that's easily taken away uh, yeah. from us. It's something that we just could take for granted as travelers, right? Oh, like the world's there and we can go see it. You know, you realize when something like this goes down, I'm referring to the COVID thing, that while there's so much out of control with life that we, we think we have order and control and it's really chaos and, and, and unpredictable. You know, in, in that way, I think uh, if you're trying to look at the positive things that can come out of this uh, in terms of 
like a mindset is like that could be one right like not taking travel for granted and understanding like hey there's no a lot of people have been laid off and now they're unemployed i mean this idea of like stability and jobs and all this stuff can go away at the with just one thing you know happening like this so hey we will travel again right yes we will i mean travel the again. humanity has been through <laughs> pandemics and guess what people still traveled after them so yeah and i and i also don't want this to like discourage people um from traveling um because i definitely feel like the situation is on least starting to separate us all and kind of like people are like picking sides and and i and i don't i don't want that um at all that like separation if anything we just need to like come together more and that's like kind of what I get out of traveling and so I I really encourage people to like just be like open-minded more so to people um and traveling and all that good stuff and like I know this virus is like a thing but don't let that like separate you from like experiencing like people and like culture yeah it's uh there are a lot of ways to have that travel adventure without going very far as well. You know, I'm actually planning a camping trip nearby where I'm going to load up my bike trailer and just go off and and do like a whole thing. It's going to be an adventure. I know I'm going to have the travel feeling and that's cool. You know, it doesn't have to be flying halfway across the world to have that travel buzz and to have some of those insights and that sort of, yeah, all the stuff that you can get from traveling. So, Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I called my friend maybe a few weeks ago because I was definitely kind of feeling, even with my interviews, um, just like a creative block because I'm not actually traveling. And so it, it made it hard for me to like interview people and not have, you know, the main discussion be about how we're not traveling on a travel podcast. Um, and so I, you know, I called one of my friends. I was like, I don't, I don't know, like, what to like talk about. I don't know what to ask people anymore. She was like, why don't you just talk about like traveling within your own environment, within your own space, like something like camping or like going on a hike somewhere. Like it doesn't have to necessarily be like traveling across the world. Like you're still like going somewhere. She's like, just like, look at it. Look at traveling right now as like a more simplified thing. And that, and that like really helped me. Um, to like not go crazy about like the fact that I can't travel, but also just to like have a different perspective on what traveling could mean to me. For so. sure. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. And thanks for sharing your time today and have a good day at work. Thanks. Jerrica, it was a pleasure Thank chatting you. with you and keep in touch. Yes, please do. Thanks, Jason. Take care. Take care. Bye. There you go. Special thanks to Jerrica Johnson for coming by the show. I had a blast chatting with her. Check out her show, blackpackingpodcast.com. Thanks again for getting up so early, Jerrica. Hope we get to have a coffee together somewhere in person sometime. Thank you, my friend, for being in this community, for listening to this show, and taking time out of your busy day to hang out with me here. Uh, it really means a lot, and got so many exciting shows coming up in the coming weeks and months, a bunch of stuff already recorded. So subscribe if you haven't done so. Stick around and uh, yeah, let's keep hanging out. Uh, you can always sign up over at zero to travel.com as well if you want to get on the newsletter 
list. I've got a cool workshop coming up a few weeks from the time this show publishes. So I'll send you a link to that if you want to join one of our online workshops, which is free, doing a bunch of stuff off the podcast that you can't find out about unless you're on the email list. So if you haven't jumped on there yet, you can hit pause and uh, go ahead and go to zerotravel.com and sign up. Be happy to have you on there. I want to leave you with a quote, and this one's from Desmond Tutu, who said, if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Take care. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.